Sky's getting far Too much love To the detriment of other groups Half undead Those elitist bastards Skulking in their castles Sleeping in their velvet cushion coffins Shunning daylight in the mansions Like they had something that was a sample from Vampire Suck, Zombies Rule by Finnish band Astrometrics. If you like what you heard, you'll find a link to their free music archive page in the show notes. Now on to the pilot episode. Welcome to episode one of Project Challenged, a challenge take on current events, pop culture, and all manner of, of entertainment. Now when you say challenged, you mean that, that we're challenged? Well, we'll leave that up to the listeners. <laughs> that's, that's fair. <laughs> How were your uh, How were your holidays? I I ask you as if I haven't spent the last two days with you. Uh, they were uh, challenging. <laughs> um, since we were driving down to my folks in Arizona this year, we had the displeasure of uh, witnessing a, a couple of uh, accidents. One of them was pretty grisly. One of them looked like it was going to be pretty bad and turned out to be not too terrible. I think that served as a stark reminder a couple days before Christmas that not everyone has the the benefit of being able to get safely to their destination and that I think I was more self-aware of you know how much I should be appreciating this moment because you never know when it's not going to happen again. Yeah and I, I think it's in, it's important as much as the holidays stress you out and sometimes the people that you're spending the holidays with stress you out those are the people that if they weren't in your life anymore the holidays wouldn't be what they were so yeah that's that's a good way to put it i didn't uh i air traveled so i didn't see a lot of accidents i saw a lot of canceled flights and and things of that nature but uh yeah atlanta airport was super busy i spent 10 minutes in atlanta and realized i will never ever live in that city ever (laughs) again probably that entire state nothing against georgia i just hate the traffic but no happy to be back in colorado after a uh, a busy season and this is my favorite time of year because as an analyst of pop culture, this is the time of year you put your, your list together. You look back on what movies came out, what video games came out, what albums came out, and kind of reflect on things like that. So I, I, I like the end of the year. I think it's a lot of fun. Good. And since we have zero history to build upon, our episode today is going to be more forward-looking than, than it is uh, retrospective. Um, and we did kind of skip over introductions. I'm Doug Lund, your host. Casting tonight from Chili Centennial, I'll, I'll let my co-host introduce himself. Uh, I'm Eric G. Hollis. Uh, if you've ever listened to me before, I'm on a podcast called BitFaced, but I'm also going to be on, on this podcast now. And actually, I guess, kind of origin story, when I moved to Colorado, I decided I wanted to do a podcast. Doug was my first choice as co-host. For whatever reasons, that hasn't worked out over the past two years and I love my other podcast to death, and I'm still going to do it, so fear not, BitFacers, I'll, I'll be there. But this is kind of our chance to do this, and Doug is going to be running the podcast. I'm here for, hopefully, in your opinion, witty banter and uh, and to kind of give my opinion. But that's kind of where this all started, As I started listening to podcasts when I was here. I wanted Doug to be my co-host. Hasn't worked out until, I can't believe, today. Uh, but yeah, so... Better late than never. Welcome to Project Challenge. Uh, it's, or Project Challenged. It's so weird <laughs> not to be saying something else after that. But I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to... Uh, 
I know Doug's got some plans for the podcast that are going to make it a lot different than the podcast I'm on now. And I wouldn't be doing this if it was going to be a repeat of BitFace because that would be no fun for me. So I'm, I'm stoked, man. What do you want to start with tonight? I saw you, unlike my podcast, you have a list. So let's let's make sure that we get through that. Well, I'm, I'm coming at this from, from a, a new angle. You know, you've got the, the benefit of having a couple of years of experience under your belt now. And um, I, I am by nature a, a preparer, so I... Really, just wanted to make sure that I that I had some interesting things to talk about. But uh, you mentioned origin story, and uh, that is what I kind of wanted to lead lead off with, just so uh, um, people understood the that the name actually had a meaning. Um, it wasn't just the first available domain that I found, but going back thirty years now, if you can believe it, when you and I met in the fifth grade in El Paso, Texas, Fort Bliss, the local gifted program was called Project Challenge. And, Project Challenge, uh, right. Figured it might be a fitting name for a show that included the both of us. And um, yeah, every great thing begins with an origin story. So that's pretty much ours. Fast forward 30 years, you've been carving out a, a niche for yourself in the podcasting arena. And um, I've tried my best. Been really impressed with what you guys have put together so far. So I um, have been inspired. And thus, here we are. So are we going to start with Rogue One today or Super Mario Run? Uh, I'll let you pick. Start with... Uh... Let's start with Run, because I think it's very impressive to see a quality Nintendo product on an Apple system. Now, granted, I guess Android is getting it, so it's not Apple exclusive. But to see Nintendo giving their brand of gaming to a market that I think is just completely shit. Like, phone games are shit, in my opinion. Utter shit. I, I think they're crap. I, I can't name five great phone games. And maybe it's it's just not my cup of tea. But when I picked up Mario Run, I didn't have a problem with the $9.99 price tag. I know that's what a lot of people are bitching about. That don't give me three levels for free and then tempt me. And I think it's brilliant. Uh, I'm liking it. It's, it's better than the average phone game. Sure. And it, that is absolutely because it's Nintendo. Um, I've never paid ten dollars for uh, a phone game before. I haven't either. I, the only reason I did is because I knew what the experience I'd be getting was because Nintendo was behind it, and I have not been displeased. I mean, my ten bucks for a Mario title that I know I can it's only pretty, get on one platform. There's a right lot now. of replayability, but it's pretty short. Unless I haven't gotten far enough to see that there's a whole other screen of levels, but I think six boards, four screens is it right T- today? Because I, I maybe under the wrong impression here, but I don't think that what we see right now is what we're going to get going forward. I I absolutely expect DLC. Now, are we going to have to pay for said DLC? I don't know. I Again, if it's good, I'll, I'll pay for it. This is Nintendo's flagship intellectual property. That, that They have to be able to monetize it. They learned a lot of things from Pokemon Go. One of them was, you know, you need to be able to make money from your your title. Go, though, is more Niantic. This definitely has more of Nintendo's stamp on it. Pokemon Go doesn't let me link my Nintendo account to it. It doesn't? No. Oh, I I thought I had to sign up for a Nintendo account. Whereas Pokemon is a Nintendo IP, Niantic is running that ship. I could tell from the second I logged in to Mario Run that it was a Nintendo game. Very Nintendo-esque. Because it works every time. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And never crashes. No, and it even even takes like a minute and a half or so to upload every time. I guess friends' scores and things like that are are what it's pulling. Right. I'll have to ask you this, because I think you've gotten a little bit farther in the game than I have. What is the point of building shit in that town? 
The only thing that I've been able to determine so far is that some of the buildings that you can throw down there produce little toad guys, and they have coins every time I log in. There'll be a couple of toad guys of different colors oh, I can click okay. on, so it's just kind of a way to farm resources that, that you can spend on, on other things. And then when I click on the castle, it shows me another village. Is that what I'm supposed to be building? Am I supposed to be trying to match that? Well, fuck, I don't know. I haven't even done that. <laughs> well, while you were, to be fair, you were working tonight getting set up. I was trying to beat your scores, and that's when I've figured out all this stuff. But my other big beef with the game, good God, in a competitive game, let me turn the ghost off. I I don't know. My eyes float between the two, and I just think I should be able to do a run. I'll do a lot better runs if I don't have to look at that ghost. Yeah. I think so. It, it doesn't bother me. In fact, it, it reminds me of where I need to, to get to in order to catch up to the person that I'm battling against. Because it'll show you when they're in, what do they call it? The, the su- bubble? The super coin mode. Oh, of, and yeah. Or w- coin, coin rush. Coin rush, there you go. So it's a, it's a motivator. Um, and it's always fucking ahead of me, so it doesn't bother me because it's never, it's never in the middle of my screen. It's always on the right edge. It's normally <laughs> right on top of me, or I try to make it behind me. I try to outrun it so I don't have to look at it. So the real interesting thing about Run is I've heard that there's also the potential that this lands on the Xbox One as an arcade title and then obviously the, the PS4 Would you well. want to play it with a controller where you can actually jump and play... It's not designed to play on a console, I don't think. Not in, in its current form. But no. Nintendo is now in the mindset of we can develop for all consoles or platforms, be they mobile or uh, a competitor deck. I, I think that is seismic in, in terms of what we can expect. I don't know if we're necessarily going to see Nintendo on Sony or on Microsoft. Well, you know what? If you I would, I would me, love to. If you'd asked me a year ago if we'd ever see a Mario title on an iPhone, I'd have told you you were fucking insane. So you're correct. That I can absolutely see them going the way of uh, Sega and becoming a, a pure software development company and not focusing so much on the hardware. Because uh, although they always manage to do something really neat with their living room consoles, handhelds, I'm just going to consider that a completely different market because they dominate them. Yeah, it's about to say a market that no one else even touches them in. Yeah, but their their hardware is, it's always based on some kind of gimmick, and at some point, you're going to run out of gimmicks, and when what you do well is design really great games, you should focus on designing really great games and let them play anywhere. I'm, I'm looking forward. I think if the Switch bombs... What you're saying coming true has a lot better of a chance. I think if the Switch does well, I think Nintendo stays in the living room with on their own system. I watched about five minutes of Zelda gameplay today. Oh my gosh, I haven't been excited to play a Zelda title in I, how, God knows how long, since Majora's Mask. And this one looks amazing. And, and I'm disappointed it's not a launch title anymore. They pushed it back. Yeah. So it's not going to come out with the Switch. But I don't know, I think... I guess Nintendo's at the point where they don't have to do anything that they don't want to do. They make enough money off the DS where they, their console can be a complete mistake. Right. People are still going to buy it. And um, I don't know, did Apple pay a lot of money for Mario Run to be exclusive for a month or whatever? Is, is that how it worked? I, I honestly don't know the answer to that question. My guess would be that Apple makes it very easy to develop for their platform because you design against one set of specs and then your game is guaranteed to run, or your app, whatever you're dropping in the app store, is guaranteed to run on every device. 
that is running the current version of the OS. Developing for Android is a little fragmented where you have to meet potentially dozens of different specs to be able to run on the Samsung devices running this version of Android and uh, the, the LG devices running this version of Android. It, it's still very fragmented, so it requires a lot more uh, testing and manpower in order to bring a title to market that's going to run on everything. Whereas with Apple, it's here it is, it runs everywhere. That's probably what's holding them back with uh, Android, I would suspect, is that they're still making sure it's going to run on the last 20 devices that, that have been released. Uh, whereas, you know, with, with iPhone, it's you know exactly what the hardware is, you know exactly what the software is. Android is the wild, wild west. Does this open the door for Nintendo to bring more of their properties to the, the not portable, but to the, the cell phone format? Undoubtedly. And what better IP to lead with than, than Mario, right? I mean, I... I completely agree with that. From the, the time it was announced, and I don't know why everyone's bitching about the cost of this game, because when it was announced, it was announced as a paid title. So I actually was shocked when it downloaded for free. You know, I had to do my thumbprint or whatever. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, certainly, whatever the cost of that is, I'll pay for it. And then, no, I paid for it after the third level. I was like, oh, no wonder so many people are mad because they, they give you a little taste. <laughs> but then if you want the full game, you're paying the 10 bucks. I thought I paid the 10 bucks because I'm with you. It's always been a paid title. There's no surprise there. For me. And I heard a lot of, uh, not a lot, but a couple of the podcasts and, and shows I listened to, they were live on air, shocked, like, oh, I've got to pay nine ninety nine. Really didn't do your research there, Mr. YouTuber. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not going to mention any names, but really didn't do your uh, <laughs> really didn't do your research there, which, you know, hey, it, it happens to the best of us. Um, no, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I mean, you and I are biased. We grew up on Nintendo. Today's kids, I don't know if necessarily if, if they look at Mario and they look at Zelda and they look at Metroid, I don't know if they look at it the same way that we do. But they also love Jar Jar Binks, so there's <laughs> and they, they call it fucking AT-ATs. Both things are wrong. Um, and I guess that'll take us right into, I don't even think you and I have really talked except on text about Rogue One. The first, not non-canon Star Wars movie, but what would you call it? The first Star Wars adventure because it's canon. It, it is. And they, they label it a, a Star Wars story. Um, but it's obviously meant to stand outside of the nine-episode arc that we know we're to expect now with the really the story for the first six episodes of the, the Skywalker family. And now, I, well, who knows what to expect for the, the next two. But it really did feel like episode 3.5, if you will. I had some issues with it, but I liked it overall. I want to see it again. Yeah, we've both only seen it once at, yeah. at this point. And I want to see it again. Even before I left this title, I was thinking, like, I need to get back here and see this again. Because I know I missed a lot. I got focused on the things that I was meant to catch as a longtime Star Wars fan. I probably didn't pay attention to the, the stuff that was meant to appeal to everyone as, as much as I should have. I didn't either. In fact, I, I still confused, not, not confused by the story, but like some of the characters and things like that. I need to go back because exactly like you said, the stuff that was geared towards me, that's what I was trying to pay attention to. The the little, the I mean, stories. come on, we got a cameo from the dude from the bar uh, in Moss Eisley and his friend. I mean, I never thought I'd see them on screen again. I guess some of the, some of the fan pandering bugged me though. Uh, CG Palpatine, would have been great had he been used in a smaller dose. 
Palpatine or Tarkin? Sorry, Tarkin. Tarkin. I apologize. Um, yeah, Tarkin would have been better in in a smaller dose. Kind of used like Leia was at the end of the film. Right. I, I think it had potential. I like the way the Jedi were portrayed in the movie as, you know, there's no Jedi. It's a cult of people that, that still believe in the Force, but that guy didn't have the Force. Uh, the blind dude, I can't remember what his name is. But I, I don't remember his name either because it's barely pronounceable. And that's right. to clarify, he, he wasn't a Jedi. No, I know. But he kind of believed... He, yeah, he was a like a force practitioner. Yeah, but he kind of believed a, a in. Jedi. I thought that was cool. Yeah, and up until I'm pretty sure up until Vader again. Here's another big spoiler. Until Vader does his rampage, that's the first time we see a lightsaber in the entire film. Yeah, which I didn't expect. To see I didn't at expect all. at all either. Honestly, I was kind of happy with how much screen time Vader did get, and perfectly used in that movie. They took a little bit of liberties with the uh, comedic Vader or punny oh, Vader. No, I'm not talking about his dialogue. I'm um, talking about oh, how the, the character role he played used? in the movie. Yeah, the, I agree with you there. Yeah, because you you know that that was my single biggest bitch about the movie is I, I remember sitting in the in the theater. I was flushed because I was so pissed. Like Vader doesn't fucking talk in puns. I I don't care if you're talking about the first three episodes or the original first three episodes. Like, there, there is no humor in Vader. He does not do that. James Earl Jones has lost a uh, a little bit of bass in his voice. I mean, he's older, and I get that. 85-ish? Yeah, he. but <laughs> when Vader started speaking, it sounded different than Vader used to sound to me as a kid, I guess. Well, this presumably being the last Vader appearance, I hope that they don't use that character again, because this seemed like the perfect send-off. I get its potential. I guess he shows up in the Boba Fett standalone movie. I don't see them crossing it over with the Han Solo movie. At least I hope not. You can really tell a story with the Han Solo character, in my opinion, because not much is said about his past. You know about the Kessel Run. You know he's a smuggler. You know him and Lando have history. Yeah. That's it. You don't have to tie Han Solo's story in with any of the existing movies, and I think that's important, and I hope that they don't. I want to see a different story. And don't bring in, like, you know... God, I hope that this CG characters is not a trend. Well, I'm, I'm really hoping that we're not going to, you know, see, you know, Bob Hope dancing around and shit. And like, <laughs> so let's talk about that because um, suddenly this has become a much bigger potential factor in Episode Nine with the the passing of, of Carrie Fisher. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, it, and right, uh, Princess Leia died. Yeah, that and that that sucks. I I would pour my forty out on on the carpet, but um, I don't want to piss my wife yeah, off. I was about to say. And uh, yeah, lo- losing Carrie Fisher and her mom in you know the the span of twenty four hours, my heart goes out to her family, Todd Fisher in particular, of dealing with all that bullshit. Billy Lord too lost her well, mother and her grandmother right in a weekend. That sucks. Um, but I wonder if. Do they rewrite Nine now, or at least parts of it? I don't know what story Ryan Johnson wants to tell, but you have to figure Harrison is the one that wanted out. Right. Carrie Fisher never seemed like she had a problem playing Leia. No. And at, at 60, I, I don't think we had any reason to... To think that she wouldn't be. Right. Other than her long history of drug use, which does come back to bite you in the ass, uh, I, 
I don't know for sure, but I have to think it played a, a factor in her health. It did leading up to to her death. A few, which you figure she ago. played some sort of part in right. nine, and that's the thing, right? So who knows what her storyline is in episode eight yet? It could be very pivotal to the point where they have to have General Leia in episode nine, and there's no other way to do that at this point except for to CG her back in. I don't know. I think I don't think the technology is where it needs to be. It still looks fake as shit to me. Well, so. Episode 9 is now four years away. No, three years away. Yeah, almost three full years away. And you know how quickly technology develops. That's very true. Tarkin didn't look fantastic. I personally thought that the Leia cameo at the end was flawless. Like, I didn't I didn't see a problem with it. Uh, Tarkin, but it's very quick. I mean, she turns around, says, we have hope, and... Dun, 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 dun. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Tarkin had monologues. And that's a good point. And, you know, 36 months may, may make a massive difference when it comes to what they're they're able to do. In fact, they will take everything that was wrong with that character in Rogue One and learn from it and, and improve. And they've got a lot of new material with uh, both Episode 7 and 8 with Leia at this current age to, to work with. Uh, they were literally recreating Tarkin from pictures and 40-year-old footage. So that may have play a, played a factor as well. I liked it, though. I'm glad we got to see a different take on the Star Wars universe. Yeah. It was a little predictable. Well, we... Yeah, we knew how it was going to end. Well, no, meaning that, like... I mean, it's a Disney movie. The mom died within the first two minutes. That's <laughs> pretty pretty predictable. But uh, I, I liked it. I'll see it again. Um, I don't know if I'm going to rush out tomorrow and see it in a the theater, but I'll definitely see it in a the theater one more time before yeah. before it goes out. Um, and that's kind of a, I guess episode eight is the next film we have to be excited for. And then Han Solo standalone after that. Yeah. I don't even know the name of the kid that's playing Han Solo. I can't I, pronounce his name. He, it, uh, it's like Donald Glover's playing Lando, which is awesome. And, and I am looking forward to that. I don't know much about the kid that's playing Han. I like the fact that they cast an unknown. Well, he's unknown to me. I know he's been in a bunch of CW shit, but I don't. That's not my demographic, so I haven't seen any of it. Uh, and then we've got uh, Amelia Clark, who is right. motherfucking Khaleesi from Game of Thrones, and and I like her and everything she brings to the screen. But uh, <laughs> uh, she's just been announced as cast. I don't even think that we've been told who she's going to play yet. Uh, Again, and I hope they go with characters we haven't seen before. I think some of the appeal of Rogue One is we were getting to to look at a little bit of that universe that, to be fair, has been very focused on one family. Those are the stories that we've seen. Right. This this gave us something outside of that, and I really enjoyed it a lot, even if there was a lot of uh, a lot of fan pandering, especially in the final um, X-Wing battle. As yeah. soon as the old pilot showed up, I was like, oh, this is awesome. But, I mean, as a kid watching it, you wouldn't know who those... Those dudes were, unless I guess, unless you'd seen A New Hope. But I, I imagine kids rocked into Rogue One this weekend that hadn't seen the first three movies. That's that's possible, correct? No, and you all, you almost have to give them a pass on this story again because it's supposed to be a standalone story, and and I think it works well in that capacity. I can't even imagine what it would be like seeing this movie if you hadn't seen the original trilogy. That's what you have to wonder, though, right? And ha- is there anyone who hasn't seen all of the Star Wars movies at this point who is now going to see Rogue One in the theaters? Do those people exist? There has to be someone that's... that I know people that haven't seen Star Wars. Now, would they be going to see Rogue One? Probably not. Right. 
so since this served as the bridge between three and what's, four, what's now known as episode three and and four, uh, you can forgive them for the fact that there was a, a lot of faces that showed up that frankly would have been part of that storyline. I mean, this whole movie was developed from part of the original crawl of the rebels have just scored a, a major blow against the, right. the evil empire. And then a, a line of dialogue in the movie about uh, a lot of people lost their lives to, to make sure that we got the plans for this. They, they turned that into an entire movie in itself. Pretty remarkable. But again, I mean, you, you, you have to kind of forgive him for that. I don't think we can expect that in any of the other standalone Star Wars movies, the Han Solo film in particular. I have no idea what to expect from that, and I'm happy about that. Lawrence uh, Kasdan's writing it. Is he? Yeah. So here's what concerns me about that movie. Chris Miller and Phil Lord are the co-directing team for the Han Solo movie. Those are the guys that did the Lego movie, correct? They did the Lego movie, which I loved. Me too. But they also did the Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs movie and its sequel, and... They also did the uh, 21 Jump Street movie and its sequel. I didn't think Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs was horrible, and I love the 21 Jump Street movies. Now, I'm, I'm, I know where your concern is coming from. Can they <laughs> <laughs> Although those are over-the-top comedies, Lego Movie included, can they direct... Or maybe they're going to make a, a less serious Star Wars movie, which would be awesome. Would it? Can you imagine Han and Lando on the deck of the Falcon drinking beers, flying around the galaxy, stealing shit? I mean, that's the movie I want to see. Give me Lethal Weapon in the Millennium Falcon. I'll go see that movie all day. If they pull it off, yes, that 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 would be fantastic. I, and I maybe make, I make it think, fun. I don't think that's the. Uh, well, I I don't know. I was going to say I don't think this universe is the backdrop for that kind of movie, but um, maybe that's the promise of the Star Wars stories is that the rules go out the window and we start getting movies that are set in the universe but don't necessarily adhere to... Especially after the the stakes that we saw in Rogue One and I assume that we're going to see in Episode Eight. I think we need a fun Star Wars movie. Now, can they pull it off? That's It's hard. It's yeah. not going to be easy because we've never seen that universe. I mean, jokes in that universe are hard to come by. And they're normally said by Han Solo, though. So, good point. So we'll have to see. Yeah, I don't. I don't see Disney fucking up their properties. No, I mean, if if anything, they've demonstrated a remarkable ability to uh, absorb uh, something that has not traditionally been a, a Disney property and turn it into fucking gold. And to that extent, I I think we can pretty much count on seeing a Star Wars movie every other year ad infinitum and that's going to have to start crossing genres because you can't just stick to one and be successful for for that long i i don't know i could be wrong about that too because everything they've done with marvel has suggested that uh the the machine is running very well i you know until marvel i know marvel has had a couple missteps but overall they've uh they've been solid and i'm, I'm hoping Hoping, and I know that you're going to, you know, you always criticize me for being a Marvel fanboy, but for the sake of DC's movie universe, Wonder Woman better be fucking incredible. Because if not, they're in trouble. Yeah. They're in deep shit, actually. Wonder Woman better work. If Wonder Woman doesn't work, we've got a Batman that works most of the time, a Superman that most people dislike. You can't have the Trinity all suck. And... I don't know. I've I've heard that they're doing 
the mulleted, black-suited Superman, and that's how he's going to make his comeback. And I really don't think that's the direction to go. <laughs> I don't think killing Superman in the first place, that's one of the biggest problems I have with the film, with Batman vs. Superman to start with. Why? You know he's coming back. It's right. worse than... It's, it's Star Trek Into Darkness bad. Well, I know <laughs> Kirk's coming back. You know, it. I don't know why they killed Superman off. I'm really hoping... I hate to say it, give more power to Jeff Johns, take it away from Zack Snyder. Let Zack film. Let him direct it. His stuff looks good. Oh, not not direct. Let, let him produce and Or produce, film. or shoot it. Cinematography. Cinematography. Yeah. Whatever. Let somebody else start. I start writing the stories. I cringed when I saw Flash in Suicide Squad. I don't like him at all. And maybe I would like him. If you, I didn't have a perfect Barry Allen on television already. Yeah, that's my beef with it. Why would you? Why are you squandering that? Marvel's not going to. I promise you, the Luke Cage you see on Netflix will be the Luke Cage you see in Infinity War. I promise you that will be Daredevil. There, there's no way they. You don't waste all that. And I mean, you have to argue. Even Flash has slipped in quality. The first two seasons of The Flash are the best representation of the DC multiverse I think we've ever seen on film. Well, and and they've set the stage for a DC multiverse. And it, if there's a way to incorporate the Barry Allen that we're seeing on TV with the Barry Allen that, that we're now seeing in the movies into uh, a single cinematic universe, I, I don't think that that's necessarily a, a, a bad thing because then there's no... Well, it just opens all kinds of doors and, and possibilities. Um, but to your original point, they do have to to nail Wonder Woman, and it's it looks the it looks good. I, it it does, and I I've, I've been trying to avoid reading too much about it. Um, really, just not even for spoilers. I just don't want to taint myself against it going into it. Props to DC for getting the the first female superhero movie to theaters inappropriate that it's her yeah well yeah there was there really is no other choice and and they have to tell the story i think to to lead up to uh their their justice league movie but uh and there's nothing in between wonder woman and justice league correct no there's not okay um there will be no standalone batman with affleck i mean they could at this point but i i think last time i looked at the timeline that's still set to happen i think justice league is almost in the can yeah for better um, or for worse. <laughs> yeah, well, God, I hope they... I, I want them to be good. I'm mad that I haven't enjoyed them as much. As much as you have, definitely. But even you'll admit, like, Suicide Squad had a lot of problems. Oh, yeah, no, it was a it was a train wreck. I'd, I'd really just like to delete that from the continuum that they're building at this point and really just ignore the fact that, that it ever happened. It, it was uh, kind of surprising that they decided to release a movie that that was that terrible. I don't know. Decision-making hasn't been there (laughs) for as of late. So what do we get? I guess Logan is what we get next. Logan and then... Soon, yeah. Logan's March. And then is Spider-Man first or is Wonder Woman? I don't know. I think think Homecoming is... Is that May? It's either May or July. I don't know why I'm slipping on this. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Uh... And then Guardians is also next summer, correct? Which will fucking rule. I think we already know that. I mean, it's got the best trailer out of all the movies I've, I've named. 
It's better than the Wonder Woman trailer, and it's better than the Spider-Man trailer. And did absolutely nothing to reveal the, the storyline. Nope. From, from the what little I know about it, uh, that that's one of my favorite things about that that Guardians trailer is that it was just uh, it was all like, hey, here's the characters you love, and not like this is what's going to happen in this movie, and show us all the best scenes. I think James Gunn is. You can tell when you watch his movies back from his trauma days until now. He's excited to be a filmmaker. And I think the fact that Guardians blew up, he's taking that very seriously. I don't think he's going to put out a bad flick. I don't. And he has control. I guess the Russo brothers write and direct Civil War. He's the other one, like, directing it and writing it. Like, it's his, it's kind of, Guardians is his baby. And we will see them in Infinity War. Right. We will see them. They will finally cross. I have a feeling we're going to see the Guardians in Ragnarok. You think so? They have to start tying some. They have to start tying some shit together. It makes sense, and that would be the place. That to would do be it. the place to do it because yeah, it's, lay the groundwork. Yeah. So and and I'm I'm not really excited about the third Thor movie until they said it was going to be a Thor and Hulk buddy picture, and then I got excited about it. <laughs> I don't know. Thor's okay. Thor's kind of boring to me. Always has been in the comics. I I like what they've done with him. Hemsworth does a great job. As the character. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, Doctor Strange kind of set the scene, kind of tied New York into the Thor universe a little bit more, which I thought was cool. Um, yeah, we haven't even talked about Strange, which I thought was good. It wasn't great, but it was good. You guys didn't cover Strange in, in Bitface at we all? We have not talked about Strange in Bitface, I don't think. At all? Okay. Because um, I think somebody hadn't seen it. Oh. Well, it would yeah. have been Becca, because you and Tyler and I saw it together. It was not Becca, though. Uh, Becca did see it. It was we were live somewhere. Oh, okay. And the okay. people that we were guested on. So now we haven't talked. We haven't talked about Strange on, on Bitface at all. But our next Bitface is all about video games, so we probably won't get to it. We haven't even talked about Rogue One. That's what happens over the holidays. Is yeah. you record so many episodes in advance to where, you know, I mean, I was seeing Rogue One when I was on vacation with my parents. So now this is all stuff that I haven't, I haven't brought to the mic at all. None of it. Uh. Since you brought your parents up, what did they think of the movie? I'm curious. Mom didn't go. She stayed with Melinda and the baby. Uh, Dad went. Um, I think he liked it. I think he enjoyed it. Um, and Andrew, my brother-in-law, also liked it. I mean, we all walked out pretty happy. Um, so, no, Mom didn't see it, but Mom will see it. So I'll have to ask her. Uh, but, yeah, she uh, she wanted to stay and do, you know, you got your nine-year-old yeah. niece there. Mom Grandma care less about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, plus somebody has to stay with the kids, so... Uh, but no, I, I think my dad. Uh, I think I think he enjoyed it. I think he'll go see it again with uh, with mom. He also liked Star Trek Beyond a lot too. Did he? Yeah, that must be genetic. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to put a permanent moratorium on Star Trek Beyond okay. conversation because it, it won't get anything but uh, heated. <laughs> Understood. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna watch it again. I'll probably watch it again tomorrow. Actually, I've only seen it once in the theater, but. Uh, Actually, I would have bought the Blu-ray already if it had commentary on it, just because I want to kind of see what they certain scenes that stuck out to me, what the what the directors or the writers were thinking. Yeah. Because um, overall, I mean, we will put a we'll put a pen in it, but I Doug hated it. I loved it. That's that's kind of what we'll say there. I Doug Doug absolutely hated it, and I uh, and I thought it was pretty good. So. And on the flip side of that, I really liked Into Darkness, and I think it's Crystal Skull terrible. <laughs> Oh shit! That's a pretty damning uh, conclusion there. Crystal Skull is a movie I hope to never watch again. Uh, Into Darkness is a movie I hope to never watch again either. And I've heard that Into Darkness is way better on the second viewing when you put the fact that they just rip 
Rathacon to pieces behind you. Like, I've seen it half a dozen times, at least, and I don't know. I, I really liked it. I do need to watch Beyond again. I, I have to. There's two big gripes that I have. One happens right off the bat. One happens at the climax What's of the, the right movie. What's the right off the bat one? The fucking angry kitties in the beginning of the movie. I thought that was just fucking terrible. Oh, where he gets the artifact from? Yeah. Okay. I guess I didn't think it was that bad. No, we're not supposed to talk about this. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and I know I know what part at the end that you're talking about. And uh, no, it, not I, the end. I guess it was just well. It's it, right before it, the end. It, it, yeah, it's as the climax starts. I don't, what's that part of the story called? You're the writer. I don't I don't know the exact term for it, but it's I know exactly. Like it's it's like the rising action or whatever. Yeah. And uh, oh, Jesus, dude. Yeah, I I had problems with it, but I just laughed it off. And I just think that's, I mean, there's no other way. What other way do you look at that scene except to be like, okay, ha, ha, ha. You know, I don't know. I, the song choice was appropriate, I, I thought. I disagree. The song choice was, was totally appropriate. In fact, I was hoping at the end of Rogue One, someone. <laughs> don't, don't, don't you dare. One of the X-Wings coming into to view, maybe. Sabotage starts playing. I mean, that would be, that'd be fucking awesome. Oh yeah. In fact, I think you can you can actually <laughs> fix a lot of movies by just having the, the the problem at the end be solved with a Beastie Boys song. I hope it's I hope it's something that we see in the future. My problem wasn't that it was a Beastie Boys song. In fact, any other Beastie Boys song I think would have been a, a hundredfold improvement. I I think it was the very same song because you know I love the song, but I think the fact that they had the very same song from the first movie reused as a uh, uh, a plot device in, in the third movie was, I thought it was lazy, actually. And I, I think Justin Lin is a, is a terrible filmmaker, and you know all the reasons why. And we said we weren't going to talk about this, and we fucking ended we talking s- about it anyways. <laughs> no, I had a problem with a lot of the cinematography in the movie that a lot of it was very fucking dark. So a lot of times you couldn't tell what was going on, and I don't like the way he shoots action. Now, I don't know him except from Better Luck Tomorrow. I haven't seen any of the Fast and the Furious movies. I've seen all the Fast and Furious movies. See, I don't... I don't... And they're all... I I actually enjoyed them, but they're all terrible in, in the same way, and that level of terrible filmmaking doesn't belong in a massive property like Star Trek. I think it was a huge misstep on their part to let him direct that movie. Well... I don't think he'll be directing another one because it did not do well at the box office. So I think the other half of that is is Simon Pegg, and that's a conversation for a different time. Um, I, I think we'll circle back to uh, Crystal Skull at some point during this year. I think that will co- become relevant again because we. One know. final thought on Star Trek: What did you think about the cast picture from Star Trek Five convincing Spock that he needed to <laughs> to stay on the Enterprise? Because that's what that was. I. That's the Star Trek Five cast picture. Honestly, Eric, it was those two parts those of the movie parts. that I didn't like, and it ruined the whole rest of the film for me. I, I actually, I, I started getting really into it after the opening, and I was really happy with the dialogue, the character development, which was a little light, but it was good enough because we're three films in. The stylized look of this planet they were on was perfect. They they killed it. It, it felt like Star Trek, and it looked fantastic, even if it might have been a little dark in times, but uh, I didn't have any gripes with with really... Even with the way the movie ended after the aforementioned scene, I thought was was not bad. I mean, it's... Well, I mean, it was the ending to Star Trek Four. It was the exact oh, same shit. ending, beat for beat. I, I, didn't even, uh, I didn't even think about that until you, you just mentioned and it. And you'd have to figure right. with the uh, the death of uh, 
Anton Yelkin, rest in peace, that Jada, or Jaina, whatever her name is, is going to be the next Helmsman. Yeah. Oh. Guess you remember, because I don't, I don't see either. them replacing Chekhov. They I, won't get somebody else to play Chekhov. You don't think so? No. I think they'll kill Chekhov off in this timeline. Even though he was, like, what, early 20s as the character in this movie, how do you kill Chekhov off? You, you have to off Chekhov, dude. Maybe, like, a worm to the ear that goes bad, and it, since they liked stealing ideas from other movies. That didn't kill Chekhov either, though. No. Well, oh, I, I see what you mean by, by going bad. So they'd have to bring back Khan, though, to do that. Well, maybe. They already they already kind of fucked Khan up. I don't think... I don't know if we're going to see another Star Trek movie with this crew. No? They've got the television show coming out beginning of the year. I think based on how that does, we'll see what happens. But the, it didn't do well. You going to watch that? Oh, hell yeah. I'll at least give it a shot. Now, if it's like Enterprise and I can't make it past the opening theme song, it might get turned off pretty quick. But I've only ever done Next Gen and Original. I can't get into... Well, I haven't given them a fair shot. But I've, I've never gotten into the other other Treks. Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise. So this is actually a really good segue into the, a couple other things that I wanted to talk about. And okay. it's just because they're topical. It's January one. Uh, that means a couple of things in, in a couple of different mediums. Uh, since we're talking Star Trek and Cumberbatch and TV, the uh, season four of uh, Sherlock drops today. And uh, I know that's something that you had, had watched through the first couple of seasons. I've seen the first two seasons. I, I'm sorry that you haven't seen the third because it's the reason I'm so excited for the fourth. And they did a, a Christmas special, which is a weird thing that British television does, like, here's an episode for the holidays. Who does Christmas specials for a show that isn't set to return for another year or so, except for BBC and, and, and British television? Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't watch a lot of BBC, though. No. Um, and I, I think... You don't watch a whole lot of anything. Not television. No, not really. I, I game. And I uh, I still see movies. Well, I'm I'm psyched for for Sherlock. In fact, so you can watch it today, then, right? It, it will be probably what I do when you walk out the door after that's we fair. get done recording tonight. That's, that's fair. And uh, I, you have to let me know how it is because I'm really, I mean, with the BBC show, I'm really only three episodes behind, right? Three episodes, and that equates to well, seven about, hours. Well, about five, I think. Each one's about ninety minutes at this point. That's one but... of the problems I had with the show, and I know people are going to get pissed about it. Is um, God, why even call it a television show? They're they're fucking movies. They're an hour and a half long. If they broke up each of the three 90-minute episodes into 30-minute episodes each, so we got nine 30-minute episodes, would that... Maybe. Yeah. I'm not really into Sherlock Holmes, though. I never have been. But you liked the first two series, the first two seasons. I liked them. Yeah, they weren't bad, but... I don't know. I just don't have the desire to watch it again. Oh, okay. And I know the reasons why, so we, we won't talk about that. No, I've, I've gotten over that part of it. I'm, I'm psyched about it. One of the things I wanted to, uh, to make sure and talk about, though, is that I had just uh, read an article a day or two ago about the fact that they discovered, I think it was Ancestry.com, actually, dug into Cumberbatch's history and determined that he's actually related to Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Who, the creator of, the creator, yeah, of the Sherlock. original author. That's cool. It is. I have nothing else to say about it except for that's cool. So we can immediately skip on to the next topic. <laughs> Did uh now do we uh do we get a a Sherlock joke in Infinity War? Because we're going to have two Sherlocks on screen. RDJ 
and Cumberbatch. Ooh, do we do we do we weave in an in joke between the two of them since they both have played that role? They can do it. Na- Just na- curious. Now I'm hoping that they do because now you you often forget that Robert Downey Jr. is Sherlock too. Did you uh, did you catch the the reference in the movie that we were watching last night? I don't know because you were kind of half conscious. I was very. Uh, God, man. There was a, a very subtle, and I don't remember the line of dialogue, but there was a very subtle uh, mention of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And the line was was uttered by the Denzel Washington character towards uh, the Chris Pratt character. And he kind of raises his eyebrows in acknowledgement of it. And it was it was really, like, if you if you weren't intimately familiar with the, the I plot. I must have been sleeping, dude, because that's something I would have caught. And I, th- I think I looked over at you. Maybe that's when I realized both you and Nikki were unconscious. <laughs> so I was like, oh, did you see what... Uh, no, you didn't see what they did there. <laughs> no, because we had... Uh, that's what happens. And, uh, you know, maybe an important lesson is next New Year's when we hang out, we shouldn't start drinking until like 7 p.m., not 2 p.m. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I hit we'll the wall. see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, I hit the wall at about 11, and I was, uh, I, was, I was done at that point. But, you know, like I was telling you, too, these holiday season, I was at work a couple of days last week, but this holiday season, I've been with my family. Yeah, I've been, you know, having a couple beers every every night or so. Normally, I don't drink every single day of the week. So this, yeah, last night kind of hit me hard. I hit the wall pretty quick, and uh, yeah, again, sorry, I passed out on your couch, but uh, it's gonna happen. It's it's no problem. I'm just glad you were able to make it, and that we were able to do this. I'm getting fairly sauced at this point. I I know you're going to be driving tonight, so you haven't. Uh, been able to indulge but uh going forward i i fully expect our embracing of the uh explicit tag in in this podcast that uh, you you join me in libations as a as a rule <laughs> i've i've learned though um and this is this is a lesson i think you'll come to learn too like had i had i grabbed a beer when we started recording tonight i'd be okay even a couple beers throughout the podcast i'd be okay right it's when you show up to the podcast already drunk <laughs> And you can't speak your words properly, that it gets bad. In fact, I uh, our last episode that we actually taped, I left at I, one point. I know. Okay, yeah, because I, I, I got up and left because I was so... Well, I was cooking that night, and we didn't start. That's the other problem, too, is I'll start drinking thinking, oh, okay, yeah, we're going to tape at 8. No, the mics didn't go on until 9.30. Yeah. So, I, yeah, completely setting myself up to fail. But I'll do one bit face like that a year. It And it was great. I loved it. <laughs> it was okay. I listened to it live. I, uh... And and thank you for that. That's uh, that's awesome. But uh, no, I, I normally would join you, but you you understand why I'm driving tonight. I do so. absolutely. Uh, if not, I would be drinking with you right now because I'm pretty sure we still have plenty of beer left. Oh there. my god, yeah, you're you're gonna leave quite a bit, and it'll be gone by the time you, you good get up enjoy here next that uh, that peach uh, habanero beer. Oh, I might save that one for you. I can't promise that I can keep Nikki away from it, but uh, give it to Nikki. It's uh it's completely fine. But say enjoy that one. That that beer is a treat for me. I love that. So I'm going to talk about one more thing that's relevant for today, and then I want to do a, a couple of predictions for 2017, and then we'll get you out of here. Okay. All right, so the last uh, topical thing for the new year that I wanted to talk about was the Diablo event. December 31st marked the 20th anniversary of the Diablo franchise, uh, launched on December 31st, 1996. Diablo, the first Diablo. The first Diablo game, which was about two years after the uh, first Warcraft title, which was orcs and humans and about 18 months before the first starcraft title so we literally got those three ips which are still thriving to this day very much so in in about a three and a half year span and diablo uh, being the middle franchise there so blizzard 
in acknowledgement of the 20-year mark, is launching a event across all of their properties. Warcraft, Hearthstone, Starcraft, Heroes of the Storm, Diablo, and a missing one. Oh, uh, Overwatch. Oh, Overwatch. You said Overwatch. Hearthstone? And Hearthstone. You said Overwatch. Did, Did you I? not say Hearthstone? I can't remember. Maybe not StarCraft, because I think there's only five. I could be wrong about that. The link to uh, the official uh, announcement by Blizzard will be in the show notes. But uh, they're, they're doing a little acknowledgement of that, like with some kind of in-game spray or event or, or whatnot. Um, and I It's don't impressive want- for Overwatch, because they just got out of the Christmas event. They did. They're doing a good job keeping... I, I haven't been playing it, but they do a good job keeping at least content for the people that continue to play. I hope very quickly that there will be something that draws my interest back to that title because I, I really enjoyed it very intensely for a short period of time. And then, as you know, my interest evaporated almost overnight. <laughs> and it was with the launch of the uh, the uh, competitive mode um, where the, the ladders were introduced and people stopped playing the game the way that it was meant to be played and started playing it in a completely different manner. But uh, that, that's a separate conversation, too. No, and I'm going to talk about it on BitFaced as well because Overwatch did make my top 10 of next year and or of last year. And the reason that it did is it's the first game since World of Warcraft that's brought my friends back together online, albeit a very short period of time. And I'd, I'd say it got it boiled down to like three weeks if we really think about it. But it did bring everyone together to play again, which made me very happy. I have the same issues with it you do, though. Um, I've even seen memes dedicated to it. But good God, <laughs> if people could stay on the fucking objective. like, And that frustrates me. And when I started getting frustrated and mad playing, and not mad like, man, I suck. I really need to get better at this. But like, hey, you know what? I'm doing my fucking job. You other five assholes aren't doing shit. Then it was time to quit. Yeah, it was time to quit for yeah, me because I was fun. getting, I was not getting mad at myself for sucking, which is an okay mad to be. I was getting mad at other people for not basic fucking intelligence. Like, look, <laughs> the objective has to move or we lose. It doesn't matter how many fucking headshots you get as Hanzo, you jackass. Get on the fucking objective. I think that's why I was drawn towards uh, towards Diva. She's the ultimate run and gun character. Uh, but no, Overwatch was uh, great. I'm glad. I'm, I guess we're going to get some Diablo stuff. So is Diablo changing at all? Are they doing anything with Diablo 3? I knew there's new characters coming, correct? There, There is one new character class. It's a Necromancer from Diablo 2. Uh, which you'll be able to play in 3. Which you will be able to play in 3. Console as well as PC? I would assume so. Okay. Wait, I completely abandoned Diablo 3 on, on console. Um, I don't know what the, the DLC is like. I mean, when I fire up my... Uh, Battle.net launcher, Diablo 3 automatically updates with the, the latest patch and, and whatnot. I have no idea if that's the same story on, on console because I hated it so thoroughly. Its execution, I, I thought, was horrible. Um, and I played Diablo 2 on console. I owned it on PlayStation 2 and it played just like the PC as it did on, on the console. Diablo 3 was absolutely not the case, but uh, you also get a playable map, which is the cathedral from Diablo 1. Um, from what I've read, there was a planned second expansion to Diablo 3 because Reaper of Souls, which is now two years old, and I just started playing last weekend. It is fantastic. I can't believe I neglected it. Are you playing on PC, I assume? I I am playing on PC, but uh, there was a a second expansion planned that uh, was ultimately scrapped. They're calling the event the Darkening of Tristram, which is kind of cool because that all harkens back to to Diablo 1. And um, my concern is Diablo 2 only got one expansion. 
Uh, Diablo 3 only has one expansion. The second one was scrapped. They're turning it into some DLC that you're not going to have to pay for. That part is great. What's not great is that we're not getting a second expansion, which is you know, a whole breadth of, of additional content. And is I'm Diablo so, 4 the next step then? Presumably, if they follow the, the same pattern that, that they have. And Blizzard, like Nintendo, is not hurting for... No. No, but th- that's a good point. They are very, very good at, at monetizing their, their content. Absolutely. Um, Diablo 3, out of the gate, was a money-making machine because of the auction house. And they, they that's all gone now though right it, they did they, they got rid of it uh, and it was with the the advent of, of Reaper of Souls it, it completely went away and it's it's a good thing that they did because I loved it at first and then I realized how thoroughly it had ruined the game because it changed the focus from like playing to shopping and that's not a good thing um, and it, yeah. the, the game is, is so well tuned now and it's so much fun like I said I can't believe it took me two is it two years it, it may even be longer to to buy Reaper of Souls, my boys got me back into it, and I've been playing with Connor and, and having a lot of fun. I the uh, the rifts and the and the uh, bounties that, that they have implemented give the replayability like a, a factor that only Blizzard I've ever been able to see execute before. But uh, that's all that's all happening right now. Um, I th- I don't think it actually launches until probably Tuesday when they do their patch. Will all of the the shit show up in all the other games, and you'll be able to to celebrate twenty years of Diablo. But uh, it's uh, it, it's pretty cool uh, to see a, a property that came out. I think we were what sophomores in college when Diablo launched, and yeah, I don't know if you played that title, but I did. Like, I didn't play Diablo every day until for years. Two, two came out. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't familiar with Diablo until two came out. Oh, and oh. Then I played it on PC. And two is one of the most perfect games ever ever made. I, I still think two can go toe to toe with three, although I'm still learning three. But Diablo two was was brilliant. Blizzard at its best. I had fun with it. I don't like uh, the how small the characters and the interactions and things are, but I see the appeal. Yeah. I dig it. It's uh, you, you have to, to play with people in order for that game to be fun. And, and that's part of my problem, too, and it's just one of the same problems I have with Overwatch is... Uh, well, God, it, I guess at least Diablo you can play single player. Overwatch you can't at all. And once there was nothing to do outside of me getting rage pissed in multiplayer... There's nothing, that game doesn't have any meat to it for a $60 title. It really doesn't. There's no campaign. Yeah. Um, if there was some sort of other progression system, too, in the multiplayer besides just clothing for your character, like, I could give less of a shit <laughs> about that. And I, but I know people that spend three hours making their created character before they'll start playing an RPG. I click random, I pick a stupid name, and I click start. That's what I do. Like, it, the aesthetics to it don't appeal to me at all. So You don't want to grind out the gold titty clamps that you can earn in, in Overwatch? I've never, ever had a desire to do that. I have all the Divas shit, or most of it. But only because that's, you know that's who I play with. Now I don't I don't like doing stuff like that. In fact, I was really excited to play the new Final Fantasy until I found out it was you're basically a fucking boy band driving your car across the <laughs> desert. Like it looks terrible. Uh, I heard it's really good though, and I do want to try it out before it's not going to make my top ten of the year. I I pretty much I have Titanfall to try out tomorrow, and then that's it. I think I've played everything. Which, by the way, to kind of mention a title I think that slipped under the radar that was really good. Mafia 3, the story alone is worth playing the game for. Yeah. I've never played a game that at the beginning of the game, it stops you and it's like, okay, this is 1960s Louisiana. You are going to hear some racist ass shit. But we felt like 
we could only do this time period justice if we did it realistically. I remember reading about that, and I thought that that takes some that takes some balls. That takes to say that Agreed. like and no, and it's bad. Like you're not bad, but like you're riding into one of the missions, like the one I played before I went on vacation, and the guy's like, "Hey, these boys in here are rough," and you play a black dude named Lincoln Clay, and he's like, "Hey, man, I understand." He's like, "Don't think that we're not friends, man. I just have to front in front of these guys." And I was like, "Damn, dude, this game's getting pretty pretty deep." They keep it real, and it's a it's Grand Theft Auto, but in a fictionalized version of New Orleans. It's all the music from the time period. The cars drive like they should. I mean, you're not speeding it across the, the landscape. One thing I really like about it is the cops are realistic. If you jack a car in front of a cop, they will t- track you down and shoot you. Like, if you are breaking traffic especially laws. Especially if you're black. Yeah, especially if you're black, right? <laughs> if, you're, if you're breaking traffic laws, they will pull you over, unlike Grand Theft Auto, where you can basically do whatever the fuck you want. Right. Let's be honest. The cops come after you when it's scripted. Or if you run into a cop car or try to steal it, this is more like if you jack a car and a citizen sees you, they will run to a payphone and call the police. Fucking snitches get stitches. I I like what they've done with the game though. So is this is this just a franchise thing? Like it's a they're using the name because it's an established property. What the fuck does the mafia have to do with New Orleans? I haven't gotten that far in the story yet. There is a lot of traditional mafia goombas, if you will, that are are so far in it. I don't know what it. I think that's just where it's. Uh, is there not mafia in New Orleans? I, I wasn't mean, aware of this. The, I, I mean, I'm sure the mafia is everywhere. I've just never considered New Orleans to be like a hotspot for mafia activity. Honestly, I, I could be wrong though because I myself am not in organized crime. I never played Mafia One. Mafia Two was in the fifties. This is in the 60s. Maybe they're just doing a different character in, in each decade. Maybe we'll get the 70s uh, next. Gotcha. Because okay. this, so far, this has nothing to do with Mafia 2. And for all I know, the Mafia could have been really big in, in the South in the 60s. I have no fucking idea. There's a lot of uh, talk of heroin so far. But again, I, I barely scratched the surface. I got the game for Christmas. And uh, I'm kind of sad I haven't. I've kind of waited this long to play it. And I've heard Titanfall 2 is really good. But I also heard that once you play through the amazing nine-hour campaign, there's not much that the multiplayer really won't draw you in, which is the problem that Titanfall One had. So we'll, we'll definitely see. What else do we have to? Uh, what else is on your list? I yeah, know we well, have to be at time. We're actually over time, but I'm going to do some editing. Um, and in the interest of time, I'm going to skip over uh, one of the segments we had planned for uh, the the shit uh, Doug is just now finding out about. But I'd really like. To, to fashion something around uh, the shit that you're looking forward to, and I don't know what we'll call it yet, but we'll call it Eric's radar for today and the things that uh, you know. God, I saw that on the, the list earlier, and I felt so unresearched for next year. I mean, I'm looking forward to the new God of War game. When's we'll be, that? Uh, what's that? When when does that drop? I don't even know. But I don't sometime... even know if there's a firm date. Oh, okay. It's next year. Um, I'm looking forward to... So when you to, say next year, do you mean 2018? Sorry, I mean 2017. <laughs> See? It's uh, it's already fucking with me. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the new God of War. I'm looking forward to seeing Logan. Hugh Jackman took a pay cut to make the movie R. That makes me very happy. Um, God, are we getting any music next year? Is anything... I have one that I'm going to talk about in my Fearless Predictions in the last segment. Okay. But um, but that's a fearless prediction. I don't know if it's actually going to happen. Yeah, I mean, right now, I'll, I'll come a little bit more prepared for with what I'm excited about. I haven't really even looked, sat down and looked at a schedule for games for next year. Oh, the Spider-Man title 
coming to the PS4 looks fucking amazing. Pun intended. That's going to be uh, that definitely launches next year. Maybe not just games, movies, shows, books. Yeah, books, huh? <laughs> oh, comic books, <laughs> comic books, which I, I don't read as much uh, as a, as I need to anymore. Movies, I'm excited about the uh, you know the basic shit that's going to come out. Um, yeah, I, I mentioned Logan already. Of course, I'm excited about Homecoming. I think it's great that they finally are doing the Spider-Man character. At least it appears to be a little bit of justice. I'm stoked about Wonder Woman. How could I not be excited about Episode Eight? In fact, I'm probably more excited about Episode Eight than I am anything next year. Comic book movies included, Spider-Man included. Yeah. I really want to see the direction they go with the Ray character. I don't care about Poe. I don't care about fucking Finn. I care about Ray. I hope the the direction includes some NC-17 action because that's uh, that's all I think about on on some nights when my wife is working. Is is Daisy Ridley? Well, yeah, her and uh, the girl that that plays uh, Jin now because now I have a threesome in my head. I'd probably go with the foursome, but I'd have a droid be the other. <laughs> you know, if we're going the, the Alan Tudyk droid, right? <laughs> ah, you know, anything would be better than three PO, but. <laughs> No, I guess those are kind of some things I'm excited about. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, we get a new new pornographer's album next year, but that's not on the radar. So we'll, I guess we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I feel now. I see now. I feel unprepared. That, that's that's fine. Okay. Uh, we're, we're so good. you have uh, you have bold predictions. I call these fearless predictions because these are things that I don't think are actually going to happen. But if I say them on January first and they actually do materialize, then I'll sound like a fucking genius. So you're going to start with Cowboys win the Super Bowl? Cowboys beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I'll I know, cr- I know you're on my list. I'll cry for 2017 <laughs> if that happens. You'll cry that your team made it to the Super Bowl? No, maybe not that. Let's if- rewind to, to September. Did you see your team securing the second seed in the AFC? No way. I, I didn't see my team even making the playoffs, so I'm just fucking happy to be here. Yeah, well, then I'll go on record and say... Uh, the Chiefs beat the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that that's Eric's. Uh, yeah, gonna, prediction gonna, I, in think, realm of sports. I think the Falcons make it out of the NFC. I think the Chiefs pull an upset on New England and uh, and make it out. We'll see what happens. I'd fucking I'd love to see Kansas. I think City everyone in the country would love to see New England lose. There is only one team at this point that can do it, and I think it's it's Kansas City. We've beat them before. Yeah. Not last year in the playoffs when it counted, but they didn't beat us that bad. We'll see. Well, no. good good luck, brother. If, if it comes down to Kansas City and, and Dallas in, in the Super Bowl, that'll be enough for me. I won't even care who wins at that point. Of course, I'll be cheering for my team. but And I'll be cheering for my team, too. Riding a, a rookie quarterback and a rookie running back to the Super Bowl is something that's never been done before, so the, the end result will almost be negligible. A- anything past that will, will cross into legendary territory. Well, I hope one of our teams makes it. I hope one of our teams makes it. Good good enough. Sounds good. All right, so I, I mentioned music earlier. Okay. I, I think we're actually going to get a new Tool album this year. Okay. I've been hearing that for a while from... Uh, you're not the only no, Tool. You, you've been hearing that every year since yeah. the, the last album that dropped, which was 10,000 Days, and that was in May of 2006. So we're... Coming up on 11 years since their last album. So pretty close to 10,000 days. <laughs> no. Oh, more, more like, more like 6,000 days. Are you going to make me math? Don't make me math. I don't want to make you math. <laughs> I've been drinking. 
they uh, they toured last year, which was a good sign because they haven't done that in several years. Uh, fantastic show, by the way. Nikki got to see Tool for the first time. We'd seen Perfect Circle before, uh, but she got to see like a real Tool show, and that and that was that was pretty cool. Um, I think now that they're able to obviously dedicate time to spend with one another, um, I don't know what the rest of the band members are up to, but I know Maynard has been spending a ridiculous amount of time getting his vineyard off the ground, and I think that's actually to a place where he's. Uh, comfortable now, uh, letting some people run it and and continue to to develop it, and he can focus on Tool, and uh, the other band members can uh, uh, put aside their their side projects and and hopefully finally agree on on an album. I know they're all fucking perfectionists, which uh, is the the bane of a, an artist <laughs> when it comes to producing marketable material, and they don't owe anyone anything at this point. They don't have to put out new content, but I. That, uh, again, under the realm of fearless predictions of something that's not likely to happen, but uh, uh, Doug will sound really cool if it, if it actually does. Uh, I think we'll get a new Tool album in 2017. That's fair. Uh, Apple will finally release a TV subscription service this year. It's another thing that's been talked about for I a long time. I thought they had one. They don't. What's Apple TV? Well, Apple TV is a $150 device that will let you... Uh, download apps for Hulu and Netflix and all your other streaming services and do some pretty cool stuff with the voice search to be able but to But it's find basically it. a smart TV. It, it is, yes. Or a, an Xbox One. Yeah, no, the promise is that Apple finally finishes negotiations with all the networks to where you can say, I want this channel and this channel and this channel. I want these eight channels, but none of the other bullshit. And I just want a package that contains just the channels I want and I just want to pay for the content that I'm getting. And fuck all the packages. Can't bullshit. you do that on Sling TV now? Can you? I don't know. I think you can, or it's pretty damn close. I think Sony's got something that that also does something. Similar. Sony does have something similar. Yeah. And I looked into it, and I don't think it's to the point where you can't all a cart individual channels yet. But you can get pretty much like, okay, if you like cooking, these five. If you like sports, these ten. If right. you, so it's not. And I'm with you. I want to be able to pick the actual individual channels. Like if I could have just FF, FXX, ESPN, there'd be some I would I would take. Comedy Central, right? Yeah, just uh, the channels you actually fucking. But watch. I haven't had cable in in four years, and I don't miss it. And it's because commercials. Um, I love Hulu and I love Netflix. I have some problems with both of them, but they 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 serve their purpose. I don't really feel the desire like I do with movies or with music or with video games to watch something the day it comes out anymore. And I don't know where that went because I used to have the same like, oh my God, we have to see what happens tonight. I don't give a shit anymore if I'm two seasons behind. I don't care. You've got, you've got other shit to do is what it boils down to. <laughs> I do. And I, I still look forward to game launches. I still play. One of the things I love about Colorado is I get the games at 10 p.m. on launch night. And right. I still play when they come out. I still will stream an album the day it comes out like the new tribe speaking of you know shit doug didn't know about um i'll still stream albums i'll still go see movies on launch day i don't line up for television anymore and i know you you've like you've even said that what we are seeing right now in television is the best television that's ever been produced and i completely agree with you it's so is i completely agree with you my mission for 2017 is to get you to to set aside some amount of time something that i'm not watching game of thrones it, it's, it doesn't have to be Game of Thrones. Okay, they're not doing it. So many. Westworld would be the next one up because it falls under the genre that you... I know why you don't find interest in, in Game of Thrones because it's fantasy and Eric doesn't do fantasy. Well, not medieval fantasy. Right. 
the Westworld is pure sci-fi, and oh my god, sci-fi well done. I'll check it out. It's I'm only a season behind on that, right? It, uh, yes. And it's HBO? And it would give us some great dialogue uh, if, if you picked up something like that. But that's, uh, that's not a fearless prediction. My last fearless prediction is that Microsoft will launch some iteration of their HoloLens that will integrate with the Xbox One sometime this year. I'm glad they're not jumping the gun on the VR like they did with the... Um... I don't want another. I don't want VR Connect, if you will. I don't want it to have to be something I use. And I, to be fair, I haven't tried out Sony's VR. I got to try. I it. hear it's amazing. I um, heard the Batman title puts the pussy on the chain wax. <laughs> no, and I. Uh, there's no way it's as good as what I played on the the HTC though, equipment wise alone, right? You're comparing a phone to a full-blown console experience? No, I'm comparing the HTC Vive, what Brad had on a $5,000 PC, goggles, headset. Even he explained it to me. He was like, you know, because he's played with both. He said this is a little bit more high-end than what the Sony's got. I'm sorry. I thought when you said HTC that you were talking about, like, a phone that you dropped into one of the viewers. and I don't even want to try that now that I've tried the real thing. Yeah. No, not at all. So if... I mean, is it ready for prime time? The games are still too basic. Um, you're still going to run into the problem that it's not a tactile experience at all. You still have controllers. Yeah, but no, no game is a is a tactile experience yet. When I thought of VR, that's what I imagined, though. I imagine really being in it. And no, there's still things that take you out of it. So you, you imagine the experience like... And One more, man. You had to have the gloves and a flashlight and everything to participate. Everything. Fully. Gotcha. Okay. Everything. And that uh, it's funny you mentioned that, but because uh, <laughs> I did get to try out a little bit of that as well. Um, not at Reaps, though, but uh, I have gotten to try out some of that. And it's uh, that's very interesting, too. That's going to be the game changer. Oh, fuck. It, they're always at the forefront. That's going to be the game changer. They define the tech technology curve. Absolutely. But... A lot of the games are very basic. I see VR having, believe it or not, a lot more of an impact educationally than to video games. Sure. Uh, Now, I think they have the potential to make some really cool games. Another thing you don't think about when you think about VR, at least I didn't, you can't walk. You have to point to a place on the map, and then you transport there. So it's not virtual walking around like a town in Fable. Like, if I want to go over to the stable, I click a button, an arrow pops up, and I jump to there. Right, because otherwise... You'd You'd be be walking on a treadmill. (laughs) Yeah, no, you'd be walking on a treadmill, or I don't know how they're going to reproduce that part of it. But Yeah, it's definitely not there. And the games are very basic. They're very basic. Um, But fun... Like, the fact that you can duck in real life and your character ducks so I can do that to dodge a bullet. Like, yeah, stuff like that's cool. I like the fact that you can turn around 360 degrees. I do want the HoloLens to come out because you know that that's what I would go with. I know the Sony property is great and it's out now, but I think this is a situation where Microsoft has an advantage by waiting. And Brad said the HoloLens is different, too. He said it's not VR. No, it's... He said it's AR. AR. It absolutely is. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying that they'll have uh, some iteration of it that is uh, designed specifically for the Xbox experience. Because you can, if you wanted to, because of the, the titles that now stream to Windows 10 via the the uh, you know the Xbox app uh, ability to do so, um, you can play certain titles on 
the the Hololens via your PC. Um, it, it, it's been done, but uh, that's it's not an immersive experience. It's kind of cool because you throw the Hololens on and you can turn a wall into a fucking ten foot screen, and a ten foot screen beats a fucking you know even a seventy inch screen on on any day of the week. I'm looking forward to it. I uh, I probably won't end up getting the Sony VR if. Because that's the cheapest option for anyone right now. Yeah. If you want and, it. and most fully developed from what I understand. And um, in April, Star Trek Bridge Commander is coming out. Right. And based on some of the games I played at Brad's house, I kept saying to him, I was like, dude, if they could make this the bridge of the Starship Enterprise, he's like, oh, no, it's coming in April. <laughs> he's like, you'll be able to sit in a chair and you'll be on the Enterprise. I'm like, that to me, okay, sold me with that. And I guess you're going to be able to play Star Wars X-Wing mode on Star Wars Battlefront. And that, that's already a thing. That's already out, yeah, right? It you is. Can, I, I did not get to try that, because uh, I'm not sure if that's Sony exclusive or not. It, it, well, it absolutely is. It and is, that, okay. That's, uh, that's why I will probably end up with VR gear first, is because I get to be Batman, and I get to fly an X-Wing, and what the fuck else do I care about? And I mean, you get the Enterprise, too. You can pick a different song than Sabotage. You can... <laughs> <laughs> as long as there are uh, the soundtrack options, like I, I would do that. I, I see it being a game changer, though, for video games. Now, the question I've been asked by every single person, I can't believe you haven't asked me, does this take us away from what we have now? Absolutely not. There's still going to be standard 2D video games, I think, for as long as you or I live. Oh, yeah. no, I didn't ask you that because I... Yeah. I a lot of people have asked me, is this going to be, is this going to... No, it's not going to... It's not as big of a, of a leap as I thought it would be, but it has a lot of room to be... Uh, it has a lot of room to get better. Yeah. I was impressed by with what I saw. Now the other problem is, is the headaches. Um, and Reap talked about it, and I've heard other people I've read talk about it. They're like, you can't play for extended periods of time. You can't do it. Your brain just it's overload, if you will, is kind of how I felt. And it didn't make me physically sick. God, I got way more sick playing the 3ds. Yeah. Way more in a way shorter period of time. I probably played VR for about six and a half hours at Brad's place, taking breaks and whatever, but still playing. But I could tell, like you just you're you're a little off when you get done playing. You're just a little. Shout out to Reap right quick too, because he may be one of the the first guests we have on Project Challenge. You know what? Uh, you and Reap were some of the first guests we ever had on Bitfaced, and I'd love to uh, I'd love to have Brad on. In fact, it was really good to see. Uh, to see Brad and to game with him, and shout out to Reap too for uh, for consistently hooking your friends up, mainly me with uh, with good, good Microsoft stuff. Uh, Brad's the reason I get to play a lot of stuff uh, because I get it before you know. In any way, that's 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 all I'll say. Let, let's get you wrapped up and, and get you out of here. I, I need uh, one fearless prediction from you that we haven't talked about already. Well. Good God, like, either we're going to get nuked or Trump gets shot. One of the two is going to have to happen. <laughs> I, I had a political prediction. I decided to scrap it. Yeah, and maybe I shouldn't get into it, but you know what? We've already said that we're not going to do politics on BitFace, so maybe this is the place that I bring it to. Uh, Fuck, nothing's off the table here. Okay, Nothing. yeah, and we did a, we did a politics episode except on BitFace, except for Beyond, <laughs> which we did get into tonight. So, uh, uh, no, and I was sad you didn't get to make it down because we had a really good political episode believe it or not but we probably won't get back to that uh on on bitface so yeah i'll say that uh, you know i i've never really i steer away from politics i'm a libertarian i'll just put that out there i've never really been worried about our country in the 40 years i've been on this planet that you can consider me after trump's inauguration to be sincerely worried 
sincerely concerned. Now, I don't have kids. I don't have a family. So, I mean, what would matter to me? I don't think there's anyone in our age range that doesn't feel at least some degree of, of what you just articulated. And so I'll leave it at that. Like, um, something has to happen. I mean, I don't I don't see this being status quo. Yeah. No. I mean, and, and maybe I'm wrong. I'm hoping for a good year at gaming. I'm uh I'm excited to be on two podcasts in 2017 because I know that keeps my mind off of shit. Right I'm excited to see where this is gonna go if it ever goes anywhere. Uh, and you know I'm I'm stoked about that. So not thinking about that our country is being run by a, a reality show star is a, is a good way to start. The guy couldn't even make a fucking board game, but he runs everything now. And for the love of Christ, dude. If you're going to be our president, get the fuck off of Twitter. How has no one ever taken your fucking phone away from you? Because, uh, I mean, or edit yourself a little bit better, man. Like, those of us out in the real world that have jobs, we have to edit ourselves a little bit better. You know, I get mad about shit too, man, but I'm not allowed to throw a fucking temper tantrum about it every time. In order to keep my job that barely pays me, you are not only a multimillionaire, but you are the head of our fucking country. Learn a little goddamn restraint. And I'll, I'll leave it on a... I never leave BitFaced on an angry note. I'm going to leave Project Challenge on an angry note. Well, and as you have done throughout the entire show, you provided an excellent vehicle to the, to the closure. You can find us at OG Challenged on Twitter, where we promise to show no restraint. Where can they listen to this at? I don't even know yet. I just show up and talk. Well, uh, the uh, initial episode will be available on iTunes, and uh, I'll, I'll post some additional information on both the Facebook page and the website, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll have some more avenues um, once we get the, the second episode up. But uh, thanks for coming down and, and helping me knock this one out. I feel like we... Happy uh, to be here, man. I can't wait to, like I have done this year, I can't wait to look back on this in a couple years because if we keep doing it, it will grow. It's it's just a matter of, of what direction it does grow. But thanks for letting me be a, uh, be a part of this, man. This is going to be a lot of fun. I had a great time, brother. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs>